0: The Tampa Bay Lightning are one win away from advancing to the Stanley Cup Final. We've got that covered, plus free agents from the Final Four teams, and who's going to fill these coaching vacancies. All that and more coming up on the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked on NHL podcast. I'm Gil Martin, and with me, as always, every Friday, Rachel Donner. Rachel, we made it to another weekend.
1: We did, and man, we're getting so close to the end here. So close.
0: Yeah, we are uh, possibly one game away from knowing the two teams that will be in the Stanley Cup final first want to thank everybody for making locked on NHL your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms and yeah we're, we're getting to the time of year where uh there's only three teams left in the in the hunt for the Stanley Cup and uh yeah the end is just around the corner we're gonna go through some hockey withdrawal soon.
1: Yeah, off season is always weird, and you end up counting down the days until October again. But we still got a Stanley Cup to play, so I'm very excited for that.
0: We do, and then we have the draft and free agency and uh, all that exciting stuff. And look, the the good news is, out of all of the four major North American team sports, hockey has the shortest off season most of the time. So uh, you know that th- there is that to look forward to.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we are still obviously knee deep in the conference finals on the eastern side of things. And, you know, when we were talking last week, we were we were saying, oh, what is Tampa going to do to get back in this series? And they were down two games to none. Lo and behold, they are up three games to two after last night's win over the Rangers at Madison Square Garden, which was pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah, that was a fun game, and and that was the first loss at home for the Rangers in this uh, postseason. And, you know, uh, to me, I, I think about it, we should have known that the Lightning were not going to just go away, you know, oh, uh, down to nothing. Here's a team, they won back-to-back Stanley Cups for a reason, and they just dug in and, and really ch- turned the momentum of the series around. And looking back at it, you know, last night's game was almost like a microcosm of the series. They were down one nothing, but they answered, and now they've overtaken the Rangers and uh, have a chance to close it out at home. W- what do you think, Rachel, was sort of the 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 difference last night between these two teams?
1: Uh, first of all, you get a really phenomenal game from Mikhail Sargachev, who it's good that Tampa has depth like that and, you know, goal and an assist in that game, including the assist on that game winner that Andre Pilat redirected. And I think that ultimately what they're doing right is creating screens in front of Shisterkin because that's the only way you're going to beat him, right? And so they're creating these double screens, that are just making it so he can't see where the puck is coming from. And, and lo and behold, that's what led to the game winning goal for me. And I think that that's really been the key.
0: Yeah, that's, that has been a, a very good strategy that they've employed and it worked to perfection last night, as you mentioned on the game winner. And then on the other side of the ice, I think they've done a, a a fairly good job of reducing some of the Rangers speed, slowing them down in the neutral zone, not letting them come into the attacking zone with momentum. And and that really is one of the keys to the Rangers offense.
1: Yeah, it, it has been really noticeable in the last couple of games, especially that the Rangers just haven't been able to attack on the rush with the kind of abandon that they did in the first couple of games in the series. And You know, I want to, you know, give all the credit to Tampa here, but the Rangers, you know, played a really solid game last night as well. I think that, you know, you have to give that team a lot of credit. I think this whole playoffs has been a a really good coming out party for Keandre Miller, and he continues to play really well. And uh, Truba and Fox combined for nine blocked shots in this game just between the two of them. So they're doing everything they can defensively to try and stop this powerhouse Tampa Bay lightning team. And, you know, it was just kind of like something had to give at some point. And in this case, you know, the scales tipped in Tampa's favor.
0: Yeah. You do get the feeling that most of these games in this series, you know, the first five and now six and seven, if necessary, they're gonna go down to the wire. We're not gonna see a five-nothing kind of a game in this series. And both teams playing at a very high level. I have to give credit. You know, everyone talks about Fox. Oh, you know, he's such a good offensive defenseman, but he is paying the price. He's not just sitting back and saying and doing the the pretty stuff. And those block shots really sort of uh illustrate the kind of game he's playing when the stakes are the highest. So I have to give credit where credit is due.
1: Absolutely. I think that he is kind of, I would say, the leader of the young kids on the Rangers team. You know, everybody talks about how how young they are overall, but he just plays like a veteran out there. And I think that that adds a lot to what the Rangers can do. And it's just so important, again, when you're playing a team like Tampa, who has that pedigree and that experience to be able to be calm out there and know that he is dependable on the defensive side of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then got to say that, you know, we talked before this series started about the great goaltending matchup, Vasilevsky against Shosturkin, both of those goalies, they were great last night and they've come through really throughout this series.
1: Oh yeah. And it's just the little things too. I mean, with Shusterkin, there was, uh, I think it was in the second period of the game last night where uh, he came out to play the puck um, and then fired it right toward the Tampa bench, just as they were making a line change and it created a too much man penalty and the Rangers got a power play out of it. And it's just the little stuff like that, that while he plays really well in net, he's also able to create opportunities for the team overall.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, in a tight series like this where the two teams are so evenly matched, those little things can make a big difference. And, you know, it, it it is like you said, a double screen here, a deflection there, a, a penalty, a bounce. This is such a tight series. I am enjoying watching these two teams go at it. Uh, and, and whichever team survives, you almost have to wonder, uh, you know, how much of this series will take out of them when they go and face a tough opponent like the Colorado Avalanche.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we saw in the Western Conference series, the Avalanche it had a little bit of rustiness in that first game against the Oilers. So they could run into the same problem there. Uh, I'm excited for that series, no matter who is the opponent in, in the end, because I think the Avs are just, I think finally they've reached this point where it feels like they should have maybe over the last couple of years, and, you know, they they finally are, are at the mountaintop, so to speak, uh-huh. in the mountainous <laughs> state of Colorado. But, um, you know, I, I do think that both of these teams, the Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning, would be worthy opponents in a series like that, one thing that was kind of interesting to me, Andre Vasilevsky, this was his 60th career playoff win. And it just feels like that is that is a huge number. Don't it get is. me wrong. But if you look at the top two overall, Patrick Waugh had 151 and Martin Broder 113. It, I just don't feel like goalies are ever gonna like get up to that level anymore, just the way goalies are used and are and kind of wear down right now? I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, the style that they play now it's like goalies have to get their hips taken care of every like six or seven years, right? You know, it's like maintenance, right? So uh, that makes it a little more difficult, but uh, I'll tell you Vasilevsky, I mean, he's not old yet. I mean, he's got lots of years to, to add to those numbers. If, the team around him continues to be as talented, you know, as it is. But uh, yeah, it's it, he's not even halfway there to the uh, all-time leader, and that's hard to believe. But the other thing is, wow, he got to 60 really quickly, didn't he?
1: He did. He really did. Um, he will definitely hit 100 playoff games played if Tampa advances to the Stanley Cup final. So he's currently at 97. Right now, so uh, it will take them making the Stanley Cup final for him to hit that hundred games, but yeah, sixty wins in about a hundred playoff games that's that's pretty good,
0: yeah, not bad at all, winning almost two out of three. so yeah, not, not
1: considering bad. they got swept by Columbus that one time, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, just to add, add that to the pile, right? So yeah, yeah, it's uh and look two two Stanley Cups with uh, a chance to still possibly get a third this year uh you know that's one of those runs i, I i'm trying to think uh of the last time a, a you know a goalie went to three straight stanley cup finals it's been a while
1: it has but i i had been kind of bitter about it and saying oh i like it when there's new teams winning and You know, I don't want Tampa to win a third time, but now I'm kind of getting into it a little bit. So sorry if that curses Tampa at this point, but now I'm like, no, it is kind of really a good accomplishment and they should go for it. So I'm here for whoever wins at this point.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, we have got a lot more to come on this episode. We'll talk about the final four teams this year and some of the unrestricted free agents they have on their rosters, plus coaching vacancies around the league. But first, Rachel, why don't you talk to us about BetOnline?
1: BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and boxing to UFC. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to esports and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device. You can learn all about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is an opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thanks for your help. So, Rachel, the final four teams, you know, we we're looking toward the offseason now and there are a number of uh, you know, the, these teams have a number of potential free agents who could really impact what they do next season. And, and, you know, well, let's start with the Tampa Bay lightning. They're already over the projected cap for next year.
1: They are. I think yeah, they are along with the Vegas golden Knights, the team that has monkeyed with the cap the most and kind of made things work in creative ways over the last couple of seasons and it has worked for tampa i mean obviously we just talked about they've won two cups in a row they're on the precipice of maybe getting to their third stanley cup finals so whatever they're doing is working and i have no complaints about you know working within the system and using loopholes like that's your prerogative in terms of how you're going to manage your roster and your cap situation. And, you know, I think that they're going to run into some problems obviously in this off season with having, you know, they have a first round draft pick this year, but they have no second or third round draft pick. They have no first round draft picks for the following two seasons because they traded them away. And so I think that, in free agency, like they're going to have to make some serious trades in order to make room for free agents. If that's what they're choosing to do. And I think the big name there is Andre Palat again, yeah. game game winning goal scorer from last night. And he's just doing all the things you need to do in order to increase his value. And it so it's going to be tough for them to re-sign him.
0: It is. They'd have to do a lot of juggling in order to do that, and uh, we'll see whether or not they're able to do it. Uh, e- Edmonton, you know, not as many big names in free agent, but but a couple of them still out there for them.
1: Yeah, I think obviously the big question for the Oilers is Evander Kane because they kind of like took a chance on him and he did really well for them but also he got suspended after an egregious play that injured Nazem Kadri on the avalanche and so you know you you look at the fact that he got 39 points in 43 games he got 13 goals in the playoffs is he somebody you want to keep around and it's, it's a good question. I do think, you know, from a hockey perspective on uh, um, in terms of output, Evander Kane kind of earned the right to, you know, negotiate on his own behalf, but at the same time, he's still pretty problematic. And yeah. So, you know, Especially it, off the
0: ice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And given that it was another, you know, season where, the Oilers could only go so far. What is their strategy going to be going into next season? They also have some RFA issues going on. That's kind of a separate issue in terms of Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Pliarvi. And it's likely they're only going to be able to keep one of those two. So all of this is going to work together to figure out what are they going to do with Evander Kane?
0: Yeah. Going to be interesting to see how they play that one this off season. The Rangers have more cap space available but a few uh of their players, first of all, uh, you know, backup goalie Alexander Georgiev is a restricted free agent, but uh Ryan Strom, Tyler Mott, there's some names there that you know they don't probably want to lose. And Andrew Cop. Uh, Cop, yeah, big time. So the the Rangers, uh, they have a lot of decisions to to make as well.
1: Yeah, and I would add to that list uh, Frank Vetrano, who yep. they got um you know, through, I think it was at the deadline, if, if I recall correctly, but he, he has uh, contributed, I think pretty stealthily, but effectively to that team. And are they going to want to keep him around? Is he going to want to stick around with this team that has kind of exceeded expectations? And, you know, are any of these guys going to give the Rangers team-friendly deals? Um, the Rangers, I think, are a team that aren't in cap trouble no. by any stretch of the imagination. And they certainly have some, you know, deadline pickups that they could let go, such as Justin Braun. Uh, so they they do have room. And, you know, their projected cap space right now is about 13 and a half million. So they have some space to work with here. It's just a matter of what strategy they're gonna take depending on how this season plays out in the end and, and how much do they want to go all in on next season?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, that, there are some decisions they're going to have to make with regard to that. But obviously for Ranger fans, you know, game six is a little bit more on the front burner right now. Now, it's interesting.
1: Well, the, for the rest of us though, who are kind of looking at free agents in yes. terms of who we might like to go after, I think it you know it's important for uh, the rest of us. We're all like vultures circling yeah, around,
0: right? Circling, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then there's the Colorado Avalanche. They have more available cap space than the other three teams who were still in the conference final, but they probably have more players who they need to address in unrestricted free agency, including starting goaltender Darcy Kemper, uh, Andre uh, Berkovsky, Andrew Cagliano, Nazem Kadri. There are some, uh, you know, Valerie uh, uh, Nachuskin. There are some big names out there. And, you know, it'll be whether they win the cup or not, this is a, a lot of decisions coming up right now for the Avalanche and Joe Sackett.
1: Yeah, I would add Josh Manson to that list as well. I think that's an important kind of middle piece for them as far as what has led to some of their success. And this has sort of been, I think, an all-in season for them this year. And again, you know, looking at they don't have a, a first round or second round draft pick this year because of all the moves they've made to get to this point. And should they not win the Stanley Cup, they're still going to be in a, a little bit of a difficult situation. Again, that is a lot of. They do have a lot of cap space to work with, but at the same time, they can't sign everybody. That is a very long list of players, very expensive players at that. And it seems like from what we know now, Nazem Kadri, um, though he's hurt right now, is going to test the open market. Uh, we don't know, obviously, for sure, but it seems like that's the direction he's going in. And he could command up to, you know, 11 million uh, a season, given the production that he had this past year, which, you know, I don't know if that's the right amount for him, given that it's kind of a one shot, like he he really took a big step forward in a contract year. Right. That was right. kind of an outlier season for him. So for me, you know, I think he's more like an eight. Eight million guy, but uh, I think that that's a huge payout nonetheless. And and they may be in a situation where they're stuck, kind of choosing between a Burakovsky and a Nishushkin, in terms of who they want to make the effort to keep around and who's going to go on the open market. And I personally would like Nishushkin yep. out on the market, <laughs> but <laughs> you know we we can't have everything we want. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that that they're going to have a lot of work to do this off season to try and Jenga what their roster is going to look like next year, you know, Stanley cup or no Stanley cup.
0: It it is going to be tough. A lot of tough decisions for Joe Sakic, And yeah, this is a team that's in win mode now. And you know, you talk about, Oh, 8 million here and 6 million, that, that cap space that they have, it's going to go away in a hurry. Once they start signing some of these players and, Not going to be able to keep everyone. There's no question about that.
1: Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's fun for the rest of us to try and like poach some of these really solid players that could contribute to our teams.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have got more to discuss on today's show. Coaching vacancies around the league. We'll break down some of the available positions and available coaches, all that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. So, Rachel, we do have some job openings still out there, including a, a certain team that you cover, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, let's, yeah. Let, let's start in Philadelphia. What What is going on there? We know Mike Yao not coming back. So... What What is the opening looking like? What have you heard about some of the candidates that the Flyers may be looking at?
1: We know they've talked to Barry Trotz, but I'm not sure that they've had a formal interview there yet. And I think he would be a leading candidate for them. But the, the thing with Barry Trotz is that um, as you know, he wants to get into management eventually, and that might be a roadblock with a team like the Flyers because Chuck Fletcher and the rest of the gang in management, I think, want to keep their jobs. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure how that would go. But we also know that John Tortorella interviewed with the team. And according to Frank Saravelli. Um, he will be part of any second round process unless they decide to go with somebody right away, make a snap judgment decision, which I do not think will happen. That is not the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher's way right now. Um, We know that David Quinn interviewed there. Um, David Quinn also interviewed with the Red Wings, I believe. Um, I think that's, I'm not too keen on it, honestly, (laughs) with with David Quinn. I think that the only upside to a guy like him is that he could have that second NHL job success that some guys have where he made the jump from college Mm. hockey to the NHL, did some good things, failed in other areas, and maybe he just learned a lot. And that so his second gig, he would take a, A step forward, which is a distinct possibility. But again, I don't think he's super high on my list, particularly. Bruce Cassidy, on the other hand, absolutely uh, higher on my list. Proven success. He's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder this season. Oh, yeah. And I think that is motivation enough for me to have him in the East. Uh, with you know the Bruins also in the East, and him wanting to just you know steamroll over everybody that fired him, <laughs> I, <laughs> I um, and he's you know honestly he's a good motivator as well. So were you surprised um,
0: that they let him go?
1: Um, yes and no. I think you know from a logical perspective, yes, but knowing management and ownership in Boston. It's not surprising that they would do something like this.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's coming off a 107-point season, uh, not like they struggled this year, and yet uh, you know, never missed the playoffs. Uh, I don't think Cassidy, if he wants a job, I don't think he'll be out of one for very long.
1: No, and he said, uh, in fact, that he does want a job. So uh, I I think that the Flyers would be uh, doing a disservice to themselves if they did not at least talk to him.
0: Agreed. Uh, you know, you mentioned Barry Trotz, uh, the job he's been most rumored to be, uh, looking at is Winnipeg. He's from that area. And, uh, we know Winnipeg would be interested. I also know Dave Lowry, who was the, uh, interim coach. He's going to get an interview for that job as well. Uh, the, the, the jets, you know, there's, uh, They weren't a bad team. They weren't that far off the pace. That's an interesting opening, I think.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too, just because they've sort of been languishing in the muddy middle for a while with, you know, moments of, oh, maybe they can go somewhere and then they don't. And I think that a a change behind the bench to a guy like trots would give them all the opportunity in the world to move in that better direction. I mean obviously given that the roster can handle it, but um I do think that the Jets are an interesting team to watch.
0: And uh Vegas still has an opening. Peter DeBoer let go after they missed the playoffs for the first time in the history of that franchise. And uh, he's
1: probably going to the Dallas. yeah is the latest there, so I
0: he- I heard that rumor as well and and you know, Dallas, kind of a team at a crossroads. That That's a, you know, that's a, a, a job that you sort of have to figure out that sweet spot. They've got some older veterans, some younger guys, uh, you know, I think management and then the new coach is going to have to sit down and sort of figure out what direction the team really wants to go in.
1: Yeah, I, 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 um, I actually wouldn't have minded if Pete DeBoer at least got a shot in Philly um, with an interview because I do think that Vegas was an unusual situation, let's say, with it being an expansion team and having such early success. But with them, you know, messing with the roster and and the cap and making rash moves, I think that um, given a chance to turn around a franchise like the Flyers would have been a really good opportunity for him Um, Again, not my top choice, but I I think that I I wouldn't have complained, I think, if if they had gone with him. But I think Dallas is in a similar situation, although albeit with much greater or better results in the last couple (laughs) of years than the Flyers. So I can see why it would be a more attractive place for him to go.
0: So before we go, uh, we have one game this weekend, Saturday, game six. Your parting thoughts on uh, whether we see a game seven?
1: I certainly hope we do. I mean, that's the dream is uh, a game seven with a trip to the Stanley cup final on the line. So I, I hope we do get to the game seven for this series. It would be back at Madison square garden. Very exciting. Uh, as long as we don't have all those cutaways to celebrities and Timothy Chalamet hiding underneath seats, but oh, you, will.
0: you know, well, don't worry about yeah. that. But uh yeah, I mean, look, if if we get to a Game 7, you know the Garden will be rocking. I mean, that, that'll that be uh, an intense atmosphere. But the Rangers have to win on the road, and Tampa has played. I mean, the the, the key for the Rangers is to try to get back some of the momentum. Uh, if they can pull off the upset in Game 6 and get Game 7 back at the Garden, that's a whole different story. But Tampa's going to be tough at home, no question about that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I am looking forward to it, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the locked on NHL podcast. I will be back on Monday with three of our local experts to break down either game seven or or a start talking about the Stanley cup final matchup. Maybe a little bit of both. We'll, we'll see about that, but have a great weekend, everybody. And thanks again for listening to the locked on NHL podcast.